Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Hi. Um, I think it's hilarious that uh, someone decided to give me a microphone. Um, because I have been upstage, uh, up here on stage, playing guitar and singing, but those words have already been written. And so when I have just like a blank canvas to say whatever I want to, buckle up. Um, Okay, yeah, just like Drake said, uh, I'm really happy that all of you are here. And also, um, to be perfectly honest, just like Drake said, I kind of expected like less people because so many people are traveling. So thank you all for being here. Um, And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to speak today. So we're going to be diving uh, into Nehemiah, but first I want to introduce myself. Uh, if we haven't met, my name is Isaac, and I live here in Boulder with my dog, Buddy, that everyone loves more than me, but I don't take it personally because he is perfect. If you catch me after, I'll show you a whole album of pictures that I have of him. <clears throat> yeah, I work in the outdoor industry here, and I also play some music. And uh, I also have a terrible sweet tooth. Um, But on the subject of things that I need to work on, in every personality test I've taken and in every review at work, something has been made abundantly clear, and it's that I am conflict adverse. Um, I don't like dealing with it myself. Uh, I don't like bringing other people into conflict. Uh, If there are two sides, I 100% agree with you, and I also 100% agree with you. Um, So, Mom, I I hate motorcycles. I know that you think they're dangerous, so I'll never ride one. I won't even look at one. I won't even think about it. You're 100% right. I agree with you. All right, Paul, let's go ride peak to peak. We're going to go 100 miles an hour down the mountain on some slabs of ice, and it's going to be dangerous and awesome. I'm going to feel alive. But there, this creates some, some issues. Um, so uh, naturally, I'm going to be speaking on conflict today. Um, and so I, I want you to understand that this is a major place of weakness for me. Uh, and as I'm speaking on this, this is stuff that I'm studying personally, and so I'm speaking to myself first. But I I hope that something uh, that we talk about today speaks to you as well. So, um, again, we've been going through Nehemiah together as a church, and if you kind of need a recap to understand what the the book of Nehemiah is talking about, um, basically we're seeing the people of Jerusalem in a state of exile. The Babylonians have sent them into this state of exile, and... um, Luckily, even though Jerusalem is kind of in a state of like shambles uh, and disgrace, we have three leaders in the Bible who are trying to help rebuild this. And so one of the leaders named Zerubbabel 
they they come and they're helping rebuild the temple. Shortly after this, uh, Ezra comes, I say shortly, shortly in the Bible means like 60 years. Uh, 60 years after this, uh, Ezra comes and is rebuilding the community and teaching scriptures. And then shortly after that, Nehemiah, um, we are finding him here, his purpose is rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. So, um, again, what we're talking about today is conflict, and it's something that we face every day, not only how we face conflict, but how we combat that. And uh, I wanted to kind of go over why conflict is important. Um, so let's, let's take a look at what conflict means. Uh, I think we have a definition here. So conflict is resistance in the form of action or argument. So I feel resistance when I tell myself I shouldn't have an entire half gallon of Bluebell ice cream. Um, But I also feel resistance when someone that is very close to me, uh, when they've hurt me, and I I don't wanna tell them something that they don't want to hear. Uh, I don't wanna deal with that conflict. Um, I also feel resistance if God's calling me to this next chapter of life that will be ultimately great for me, but I am filled with fear and self-doubt. Um, but I, these are things that I'm dealing with, again, and maybe you relate to them, but I also want to recognize that there are people in this room who enjoy conflict and enjoy arguing and like proving their point. Um, I will try my best to not call you insane, and I don't mean to point any fingers. Um, But uh, I also uh, want to point out, in case case you're not aware, you are in church right now, and we are going to be talking a lot about the Bible and a lot about Jesus, and I want to recognize that you might not consider yourself a follower of Jesus, But I still believe that this is important um, because we all deal with conflict resolution. So I think there's something to learn here today. So again, why is this important? By definition, conflict is a barrier keeping you from progress. And that could be in your career, it could be with your family, your friends, or personal growth. Um, But understand that life as you're probably well aware, is a fight. And um, Paul gives an example of this in 1 Timothy 6, 12. Uh, He says, take a walk in the Chautauqua Park of Faith. No. Um, 1 Timothy 6, 12 actually says, uh, fight the good fight of faith. And so we're gonna be talking a little bit about what that fight is and how to deal with it. Um, Three ways to combat conflict would be a perfectly fine way to go about this message. Um, But I will, um, well, one, Drake always has at least one uh, cheesy joke in his sermon, so I decided to base my entire sermon off of a cheesy joke. And then number two, I will never pass up an opportunity to reference SpongeBob. It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. 
either made you really happy or you're really annoyed and confused. Um, but that's, that's from SpongeBob and it's talking about the Krabby Patty secret formula. So today we're, we won't be talking about that, but we will be talking about the secret formula to conflict resolution. Um, so I know for a fact that some of you in the room are annoyed at me right now, but I got your attention. So uh, let's look at, uh, at this formula. So number one is going to be to pray whenever you're faced with conflict. And then number two will be to act. And then number three is to remember. And these are all things that, um, that I was kind of seeing in chapter four of Nehemiah. So let's, let's dive into it. So chapter four, verses one through three, and the title of this passage is Opposition to the Rebuilding. And keep in mind that Nehemiah and the people of Jerusalem are weeks, maybe days into rebuilding this, and there's been a lot of buildup into uh, Nehemiah praying and mourning and getting people together and getting... Um, getting favor from King Artaxerxes and just all these things leading up to this and he's finally starting and now we're seeing opposition. So, uh, Nehemiah 4, uh, verse one through three. When Sambalot heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. Uh, Enraged would be another word for that. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates in the army of Samaria, he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? And Tobias the Ammonite, uh, who was at his side, said, what are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stone. So some pretty harsh words, and this is kind of the beginning of propaganda against the Jews uh, once they're trying to rebuild the wall. And I wanted to kind of give you some context from, for where Sambalot is coming from. Uh, Sambalot was a Samaritan leader, and he was a f- an official of the Persian Empire, and he's addressing his nobles and his army possibly to prepare them for further action. And um, I also want to point out that opposition, whenever you're facing it, it could come from a place of fear. Uh, It could come from a place of insecurities or jealousy or self-doubt, or maybe someone believes in something really heavily that they're disagreeing with you. But Sambalot, in this example, uh, where Nehemiah is facing, uh, he is coming from a place of fear of losing control over the city. So uh, one tiny side note is just to remember when you're facing opposition that 
Sometimes it's coming from multiple different areas. So um, I want to look at how Nehemiah responds to this. So right after this verse, in verse four, let's dive into that. So hear us, O God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So Nehemiah's first response to these harsh words is prayer. And I want to recognize that this is not the most peaceful prayer. Um, he is not necessarily saying, God, it's okay, I'll turn the other cheek. It's, it's, um, it is aggressive, but I want to take a second to appreciate how he prays first. And even though he is filled with anger, and I think it's a righteous anger, that he is turning to God first. So, the first response to conflict, I would encourage you to pray. So, Maddie and Fitz say it in almost every service, but I don't want us to miss it, even if you're hearing it on a weekly basis, because it's really important. Prayer, as followers and apprentices of Jesus, prayer should be your first response and not your last resort. And we see it here in Nehemiah. So, the first step in healthy conflict resolution is prayer. So, let's continue on to verse 6. And we're going to see... um, We're going to see the second response to conflict uh, while Nehemiah is facing this uh, opposition from, uh, from Sambalot. So verse six of Nehemiah, we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. So this, we not only see prayer, but this is practical action to face the opposition that they're feeling. Right? So Nehemiah takes action. Jenna, if you don't know her, she is uh, one of the worship leaders here at City Church, and she could be a full-time comedian if she wanted to, if you know her. Uh, Jenna is not a great guitar player and singer. I have more in my notes. Uh, Jenna is not a great guitar player and singer just because she hoped for it. She worked to get there by practice. She worked to get there by exposing herself to music, and she also studied it. Uh, Another example, if you haven't met Danielle, um, she also leads worship. Didn't she kill it this morning, right? Um, She not only leads worship, but you'll see her running around with a camera, Uh, She does a lot of the graphic design. She's doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes that you don't see. But the most important thing that she does, and I have told her this is the reason I started coming to City Church, are those cookies in the lobby. Um, So she bakes those, but um, unless there's something that she has not told me, she does not just pray for them to show up. She buys the ingredients. 
She forms them, she bakes them, she brings them here for us to enjoy. And I think I see a couple in the lobby. So if you had not had one, go. You have permission right now to walk and get out. Um, Will Johnson, who's one of my favorite people on the earth, um, he's in Korea right now. He's married, which is amazing. Hey, Will. And they. Um, he serves in multiple areas, but he mostly serves in, in City Kids. And uh, if you've not witnessed him, he is an incredible teacher, uh, which I love you, Will, but you're so goofy, and I, I love that part about you. But when he teaches, he just like turns into this different person. And so just kind of a teaser for the future, he will be teaching, and it's amazing. But he did not just pray to become a great teacher. He has taken the time to study. He has exposed himself to public speaking, uh, and he has, he's just taken the time to become that. So Nehemiah does not just pray for the wall to be restored. He takes intentional action to see it be done. So let's, let's kind of look, because this is just one example that we're looking at in Nehemiah, but I kind of want to look in other places in the Bible of how you might take practical action to conflict that you're dealing with. So let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 through 24. And this is just one example of, of something that I would encourage you to look at if you're dealing with conflict with someone in your circle. Verse 23, so if you're offering your gift at the altar, and, and this is Jesus speaking here. He's speaking to Jews, kind of referring to someone at a Jewish temple. And the word gift is intentionally used to kind of represent any kind of offering. Okay? So if you're offering your gift at the altar, your form of worship, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there. And again, this is worship to God. And he's saying stop Go talk to your brother first. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So, I'd encourage you, if you are dealing with conflict with someone in your circle, this one's easy, kind of. You just go and talk to them, right? So, act by going to speak with them. Uh, you may see yourself dealing with detrimental behaviors to, um, to your spiritual walk or your personal growth. Um, I, want to, uh, I want to look at James 5.16 for that. So it says, Therefore, confess your sins. Uh, other translation, translations say, Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power and it's effective. So, we've already talked about prayer and it mentions it here again. But if you're dealing with something uh, that may feel like it's too much for yourself to handle, I'd encourage you to go speak with someone that you trust to keep you accountable. And uh, just a quick plug, city groups are actually amazing. Um, and it's, it's this time where we're growing closer together and I've made some of the best friends I've ever had through city groups, 
but City Groups has also helped keep me accountable. Um, and so I'd encourage you to look into that. So when you're faced with conflict, the first part of this secret formula is to pray, and the second part is to act. So I want to look at the, at the third part of this secret formula. It keeps making me so happy to say secret formula. I'm, I know it's cheesy, but here we are. You gave me a mic. So there is, there's an author um, that was born in like the 1890s that I only know because my dad reads a lot of old books, but his name is A.W. Tozer, and he said in his book, um, The Knowledge of the Holy, and I want, to, I want you to really focus on the words that, uh, that he is saying here. So he says, what comes to our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. It's such a bold statement, but I'm gonna read it again and kind of focus on these words. What comes to our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And so that takes us to our last step in in facing conflict, is to remember. So, Resistance to a life of purpose and positivity is challenging. There is no discounting that. And you're going to face conflict in your life. There's no denying that. But when you're dealing with this, even though it's not easy, I'd encourage you to remember who you're praying to and who our actions are for. So let's look into Nehemiah 4, verses 10 and 14. So we're starting 10 here. In Judah it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There is too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. And again, we're going to be diving into more of Nehemiah, so this will make even more sense. But I want to point out how Nehemiah heard about the wall being destroyed He mourned, he got favor from King Artaxerxes, all of the supplies and the people that he needed. Um, All these things are adding up and we're learning about his purpose as he's going to rebuild the wall and he's prayed and he's traveled all this way and he's days, maybe weeks into rebuilding the wall and still in Judah it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There's too much rubble. By ourselves we will not be able to rebuild the wall. But this is key. So let's look, um, let's look in verse 14. So it says, Nehemiah is talking to the people of Jerusalem here. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Whatever comes to your mind whenever you're thinking about God is the most important thing about us. And I believe this to be true because when we're dealing with things in our life, we are looking to God for our purpose and we're looking to God for our answers. He's who we pray to. Um, He is most likely the reason that most of us are here right now. And so all of, we're, we're all here 
to kind of explore our spirituality and learn more about God. So remember the Lord in the face of conflict, who is great and awesome. So we, we see this in other places in Scripture, and again, I want to give us some context because it's not just in Nehemiah. So I'm going to kind of shotgun these verses so you don't have to turn to them. But Deuteronomy 6.12 says, Take care, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Psalm 77.11 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. Psalm 121.1, you may have heard this one, says, I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And just a side note, we, because we are here right now, have a great example of like hills to look up to, to remember really how awesome God is. So um, Kari can come up and and play uh, as we kind of land the plane here. But we have three examples in this chapter of Nehemiah of how he deals with conflict. And this is the secret formula. It's one, to pray. Number two is to act, take intentional action to to resolve conflict. And three is to remember the Lord who is great and awesome. So I want to remind you again why conflict is important. Conflict is a barrier keeping you from progress. And I want to empower you as apprentices of Jesus to handle opposition in a righteous way. And if you aren't a follower of Jesus, I'd encourage you to take a second to explore what all of this means for you. You may not feel comfortable praying, but I'd encourage you before you respond to conflict to take a deep breath. I'd also encourage you to take practical action to be a part of the solution. But again, this is something that is said often here, but it's important wherever you are, you're loved and you're safe and you're welcome and we mean that. Conflict in our lives is inevitable, but it comes from different angles. It can be relational. Being close to people and learning how to love well does not come easily. It can be internal, self-inflicted, or it can be spiritual. The cultural environment that we live in uh, and learning how to live like Jesus did can be challenging. But I'd encourage you to look around the room, to actually look around the room and see the people around you. You are not alone. If you're wrestling with what faith means for you, I want to encourage you. God is the ultimate example. He is the ultimate conflict reconciler. And even better than all of that, than his example, is he has already reconciled the conflict between you and him on the cross. So the last verse I want to leave you with is John 16, 33. It says, In this world, you will have trouble. 
But take heart, I, God, I have overcome the world. So this week, you will have trouble. Life is is frustrating and we are human, which means that we have flaws. But we have hope. We have hope that God loved us so much that he sent his only son so that we could have the freedom to choose to live a life of purpose that points to him. We can take heart during the hard parts of this upcoming week knowing that God has loved us so much and deal with conflict in a healthy way and applying the secret formula to pray, to act, and to remember. So let's pray. God, you are so good. God, even when we don't see it or we don't feel it, you are so good. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for conflict. I want to thank you that nothing that we deal with goes to waste. I want to thank you that through conflict you are building us up and teaching us lessons. It does not change the fact that conflict is so difficult. But Father, will you remind us this week to talk to you first? Will you remind us that it takes action to resolve conflict. And while we are praying and taking practical action to resolve that, help us to remember who you are. Help us to remember that you have overcome the world, that we have victory through you, and that the same power that conquered the grave is in each and every one of us. Thank you for this time. God, I pray that we would use this time to ask questions, to grow in our relationship with you, and that we would not end here.